This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Thursday the 31st of August. In your squiz today, a referendum date is set. Ukraine strikes a Russian city. Inflation continues to go down and a whopping big legal case. This is your squiz today. It's the 14th of October, Claire. And yes, that is the day that Squiz Kids is doing its first live show in Canberra. But if you can believe it, there's an even bigger thing happening. PM Anthony Albanese has officially confirmed the date for the referendum when Aussies will vote on whether or not to amend our constitution to establish an Indigenous voice to parliament. I voted in the last referendum, which you were probably too young to even remember. Uh, and there will be plenty of Aussies where this is the first referendum that they've voted in. Uh, they're going to have to write their yes or no response to the question about that proposal. And for the proposal to get up, there are two hurdles to clear. There needs to be a national majority of voters, which is more than 50% of those voting, uh, voting yes, and a majority of states. So, at least four of the six states have to have a majority of residents vote yes. And if you're thinking, but Australia has six states and two territories, uh, votes from the ACT and the Northern Territory go towards that national total. They don't play a part in that second hurdle. And when you lay it out like that, Claire, it's a bit easier to see why eight referendums have been successful out of the 44 that have been run in Australia's history. PM Anthony Albanese wants the referendum to succeed. Yesterday, he described it as a once-in-a-generation chance to bring our country together. Yeah, he also encouraged Aussies not to close the door on an idea that came from Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people themselves. But coalition leader Peter Dutton is one who doesn't believe that the voice is the way forward. He said this week that if the government gets it wrong, as many people believe they will, you can't undo the constitution. And there are plenty of campaigners on both sides of the fence who are speaking up too. AFL executive and Indigenous campaigner Tanya Hosh, she said Indigenous Aussies want to have their say in changing life-altering policies that have made hardships seem insurmountable. Uh, that's a very different take to leading Indigenous No campaigner Warren Mundine. He says that bodies tied to the government can't be trusted to improve the lives of Indigenous Australians. Claire, the No campaign is currently ahead in the polls, but the campaign has now officially started. And with just over six weeks until the vote, we're here to help. We've pulled together a resource centre on the referendum and the voice on our website. And we want to make sure that you and your people feel informed ahead of the voting on October 14. So you can find that at thesquiz.com.au forward slash voice referendum. And of course, Alice, our new Squiz Shortcuts is out this morning and it's got the latest. Longtime Squizzes will be very excited to hear Larissa Moore on that episode. Episode. It's her podcasting debut post-parental leave. 
Yeah, welcome back to Larissa. We've put that Squiz Shortcuts episode into the Squiz Today feed, so it's right after this if you want to stay on to have a listen. And I'll also pop the link to the Resource Centre into today's episode notes. To the other side of the world, and Ukraine has stepped up its drone attacks in Russia over the past month, Claire. It destroyed two military planes and sparked a big fire yesterday. That happened in a city that's 600 kilometres away from Ukraine's border with Russia. Yeah, the city you're referring to there is Skov, and the governor claimed that the Russian military was repelling drone attacks on the airport. Uh, Ukraine's use of drones to attack inside Russia is becoming increasingly common. There are reports that say that there have been a series of similar attacks on different cities in Russia over the past 48 hours. And while we're on the topic of air attacks, Russia now says that it won't investigate the plane crash that killed the Wagner mercenary boss Yevgeny Prigozhin a week ago. Such incidents would normally be investigated by officials, so the Kremlin has been accused of a cover-up on this one. We're not used to this, but there has been a bit of good economic news, Claire. It came yesterday in the form of new inflation data from the Bureau of Stats, and it showed that inflation dropped to 4.9% in July. How about that? Some good economic (laughs) news. Uh, That, of course, is a fall of half a percent in the month, and it's a better result than economists had forecast. Inflation was 8.4% in December, so it has come a fair way down, although that 4.9% is still above the Reserve Bank's target of 2 to 3%. When we look forward to next week, analysts reckon that interest rates will remain on hold when the Reserve Bank board meets on Tuesday next week. And some prices that were down in July include fresh produce prices. I'm certainly noticing that in my grocery shop. Still heading up, though, are rents and electricity. Speaking of ups and downs, Netflix might be feeling Australians' wrath over its password-sharing crackdown, Claire. The streaming giant's subscriber numbers are down and it's for the first time since it launched here in 2015. Yeah, they still have an estimated 6.1 million Aussies who are paying up, but subscriptions are down 3% in the past year. That's according to an analyst report. There are a few factors at play, that password-sharing crackdown, as you mentioned, but also also cost of living pressures and there are many more options for streaming. Uh, Prime, Binge, Paramount Plus are all doing well according to this report. And there's no need to feel too sorry for these entertainment companies as we tighten our belts. The study also says that we're more likely to do without takeaway, clothing and alcohol before we ditch our subs. A quick message now from our podcast partner, BHP. Across the next couple of weeks, we'll be talking to Squizzers about BHP and the work they're doing to provide the materials that we need to transition to a low emission economy for the energy transition. At the start of the podcast, you heard how copper is used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. So when it comes to producing it, reducing emissions is a priority. And that's why BHP is making solar, wind and battery deals to help power their South Australian Olympic Dam copper mine. It's happening now at BHP. 
can't say this one with a straight face, Claire, but I'm going to have a crack. Burger King in the US is facing a lawsuit. The claim is that its famous Whopper burgers are smaller than they appear in ads. Yeah. (laughs) I know where you're coming from, Alice. It is a bit giggly. (laughs) So there are a bunch of Burger King customers and enthusiasts who are taking part in this lawsuit. They say that the in-store menu shows photos of ingredients in abundance that are overflowing the bun. Um, They say that it makes it look like there's a whole lot more meat and other stuff on a Whopper than there actually is. But Burger King has tried to get the case thrown out. It says that it's not required to deliver burgers like the picture. Uh, A US district court judge, though, doesn't agree necessarily. They say a jury should decide, so it's off to court (laughs) they go. Uh, To top it off, there are similar lawsuits going on against Macca's, Wendy's and Taco Bell. This all brings to mind that Subway case back in 2017. In that one, the court said that lawyers shouldn't get paid for arguing the signature footlong sub was actually an inch too short. (laughs) Very unfortunate, Claire. Very important issue. (laughs) Squiz the day. It's the last day of winter. That's super exciting. (laughs) It went pretty quickly too, didn't it? But yeah, 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 we're heading into spring. Uh, It's also Daffodil Day today, which is the Cancer Council's iconic fundraising campaign. It comes around this time each year. Uh, They say that half of all Aussies are affected by cancer in their lifetime, so it's an opportunity to donate and help them do more research. Yeah, nice one, celebrating spring with some flowers. So if you see the volunteers out and about today, that is what it's all about. And that's us done for today. Thank you for listening. We'll be back with you tomorrow. Hello, it's Bryce here from Squiz Kids. Kids and fiscal policy go together like peaches and cream, which is why we're excited to present a special Squiz Kids Q&A this week with Federal Treasurer Jim Chalmers. It's the podcast where the kids of Australia get to ask the questions. Tune in to Squiz Kids today to find out how the notorious B.I.G. has helped shape next week's budget, why the Treasurer considers himself more of a three-pointer than a slam dunker, and why his toenails will be painted with glitter nail polish next Tuesday when he stands in Parliament to hand down the budget. Plus, there's a cheeky question in there about his leadership ambition. All part of our mission to engage kids in the wider news agenda. Check it out in the Squiz Kids podcast feed or via squizkids.com.au.